these issues that, yeah, maybe they pop up in the gym, but the original issue is just from how you're going about living your life, doing these repetitive tasks that you don't really think about, you take for granted, essentially. This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never My been best been self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was the moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week. My guests today are Dr. Adam Maurer and Jeff Apple from the Move Clinic. They are a sports performance and healthcare facility in Malvern, Pennsylvania. So I actually saw Dr. Adam and Jeff a few times for a bunch of different injuries in Olympic weightlifting. And those guys are awesome over there. They're a wealth of knowledge when it comes to chiropractic care and just bettering your movement. So I think this was an informative episode. I'm glad I got the chance to head down there. Hope you guys enjoy. The best way to be little intro is just what you guys, your background, how you got into the space. All right. So this is Dr. Adam Maurer and Jeff Apple here with Move Health and Sports Clinic. Um, I'm a sports chiropractor and I've been playing sports my my entire life and I just I felt like I just wanted to help people so um, when I was in college I decided that you know let's look at different sport medicines and and I, I knew I didn't want to go to medical school so I, I decided that chiropractic was was the right choice and went went there and uh, I met Jeff when we were working at a different practice and we felt that we just wanted to do our own thing and so we started looking around and we contacted a local gym in our area and found out that they had space and um, basically we, we started renting it out and started seeing some crossfitters and, and other lifters and we've just kind of grown that way. Yeah, started from a closet. Yeah, that's... <laughs> now we're here. Our, our space, uh, it was... Uh, how much square footage was that thing? It was less than 400. It was very small. We had, fit two tables in. we had one treatment room. We had our waiting room was our second treatment room as well as our rehab room. Yeah. And then a little back office space with yeah. two, two little desks. My treatment table is in the waiting room in front of a very large wall of windows that anybody could see from the hallway. So that was a little, uh, a little, uh, interesting first start. But my, my background is, um, athletic. I went to undergrad at Penn state for athletic training. I then went to grad school at Boston University for exercise physiology, um, then eventually got my massage therapy license uh, along the way. Um, like Adam, I played sports a long time too. I unfortunately was injured pretty much all the time, so I spent a lot of time in my athletic training room, a lot of time getting taped up, getting stim, getting ice, ultrasound, rehab. Every single year I was in the training room for months at a time, so that kind of got me really into the sports medicine aspect, um, just myself going through all my injuries. I saw how important it was to have somebody who is there to be able to guide an athlete through recovery and not just recovery to the point of you're out of pain, but like to get you back on the field and to get you to return to strength and functionality and all that stuff. And I kept in touch with my high school athletic trainer, uh, as I was going into college and, uh, he kind of, he hooked me up with, uh, an internship with the Washington Capitals while I was an undergrad. So I got to see like the professional aspect of it and working with hockey athletes. is like one of the best things in the world. Cause those dudes 
get every single type of injury you can imagine. They try to play through every single thing you can imagine. So like trying to rehab them, but also educate them on like why they shouldn't go out with a broken arm or something like that is, um, it was really cool. It was a great experience that way. So that just really got me into uh, the sports medicine aspect. Uh, like Adam said, you know, we, we met each other at a different chiropractic pl uh, practice. So getting that kind of clinical side of it, you know, not necessarily the athletes that you were assigned to when you're working with a sport or with a team, but getting these other people who, you know, are your, your everyday lifters and athletes like yourself, you know, you are working out because you like to, if you get injured, you know, what do you do? You don't necessarily have a team or a resource like these professional athletes do, like these collegiate athletes do. So that was kind of the idea behind Move Healthy Sports. We want to be more or less that kind of central hub for people who aren't professional or collegiate athletes, but are still very active. If they get injured, where do they go? What do they do? Well, come see us. You know, we can help with, you know, getting you out of pain, getting you moving a little bit better working on your efficiency of movement, preventing injuries and stuff going forward, but also as a, a resource and a network, if we can't necessarily help you, we know a lot of doctors in the area, a lot of specialists, so we can refer out from here. Yeah. And you guys can pass along the mic. Your arm's going to get tired if you're just uh, holding sure. it the whole time. That's all right. No, you don't want to do all the work? <laughs> I think the we'll, space, we'll we'll this space, though, just with um, – with CrossFit and you're seeing the boom of fitness now, yeah. there's a lot of people who have, and it's not broken legs or broken backs or whatever, but a lot of people just have everyday aches and pains who are, who are working out, trying to be healthy. So it's yeah. good that, that you guys are more sure. focused on athletics, but also focus on the everyday population. Yeah. Yeah. The, the weekend warriors are a, a huge demographic for us. Do you guys have you you mentioned that you had uh, injuries all throughout high school yeah. and stuff? Adam, do you have any any injuries that you had that kind of pushed you into the space, or like how did you find out that you wanted to be a chiropractor? Honestly, no, I had no injuries in sports. I don't know. I mean, you know, I had little aches and stuff, but never never had to see any orthopedic doctor or uh, PT or Cairo or anything. I was generally really healthy. Um, but I don't know. It, it's, it's funny when I think about it because I was the guy to go to whenever you needed your hamstring stretched or you needed your back crack. Like I didn't even put the, put it together until I was in college. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I was relatively healthy. Um, I just knew that I wanted to stay in the sport world and, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to go the personal trainer route. I didn't want to, um, I don't know. I wanted, wanted to work with my hands quite honestly, I didn't want to go to school for 10, 12 years either. So I, I tried finding something that kind of fit what I wanted. I knew I didn't want to sit behind a desk. So I just kind of looked at all the different kind of, I, I guess, jobs out there. And I just found the one that fit my lifestyle. Yeah. So you almost just like stumbled into it. It wasn't like <laughs> Pretty much. you were six it was, years right. old. <laughs> it, it, you know, I don't have one of those crazy stories where, you know, I was in a car accident as a kid and a chiropractor helped me get back into life. And then all of a sudden it's, uh, you know, here I am because that, that, unfortunately it's weird. You see that all the time on other websites from chiropractors. It's weird. Everybody was in a it's car accident at, at five to eight years old and a chiropractor helped them through everything. But it, it just, I mean, again, it, I was looking for something that had a good quality of life, something that I knew wasn't going to be, you know, an uh, all morning, all night thing. And I, I wanted something that, that I, that had a good balance and something that I have a passion about and I truly enjoy, mm. which 
it kind of just fell into place. I think we have to debunk the chiropractors out there because I see a lot on YouTube where it's just cracking backs and necks and it's like the hottest girls <laughs> in oh, the thumbnail. With, with with the camera always being in a certain angle, it's, right? It's always you gotta like get the views, man. you got it. You got it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. So, all right. It, it's 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 interesting because now you have social media, which has this great entertainment factor, which is what those th- those people, what 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 those chiropractors are all about. They're about racking up views because they can, they have these enormous um, cracks. I I guess you can call them, and it's not for me. It's about educating. Like what are you what are you showing with these videos? You're you're giving people um, a false view of, of what we like. There's more that that we do than than just crack backs. I know that's kind of the the norm for a lot of people, but when when you want to see somebody like us, like a sports medicine doctor, sports Cairo, you have to look at the athlete as a whole, not just oh you have back pain. Let's let's manipulate the spine and then send you home and see, and see you again in a day or two. The body is like a large chain and you have to look at all the areas. So for let's, let's take a lifter, for instance, if they're experiencing knee pain, that doesn't mean that the, that the area of like, like where it's happening, the actual dysfunction is happening in the knee. The knee might just be the, the cascade of events, whether it's a locked ankle or a locked hip or their mid back isn't moving as well. And the force is just generating into that knee, which eventually causes pain. So what we do, we, we do a lot of myofascial work. Um, active release technique is another word, um, trigger point therapy, because a lot of muscles get tight. It causes dysfunction, causes compensation. And then there's the joint aspect is what, what I do, the joint manipulation. Um, so when, when, you, when you have both the myofascial work and the joint work, now, now you've, you've reached the whole body. You've, you've, you've touched everything. So now, now that athlete has better ankle mobility, they can go into a deeper squat. They have, which then I, I guess you can say can eliminate their knee pain. So there's more to it. Um, I look at myself as kind of like a detective trying to figure out what is the actual cause. Um, anybody anybody can, can crack a back or, or can pull a leg or whatever, but trying to figure out what is the actual cause of the issue, that's what makes my job fun. That's what makes me come to work every day and trying to figure out what is actually happening. That's, that's how I view it. What types of injuries are you guys seeing? Like what's the general patient that comes in? I know it's probably all over the place, but is there any common things that you see between just everyday people coming yeah. in? I mean, if, if you want to eliminate the, the typical necks and lower backs, we see a lot of shoulders and a lot of hamstrings, which in turn, you see a lot of knees. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have a big running population, so they have a lot of pulled hamstrings and, and tight IT bands and that sort of thing. Um, but for a lot of our CrossFit athletes, our Olympic athletes, a lot of shoulders, a lot of hips. That's what I would say. I'd say recently within the last year, because everybody's working from home now, a lot more neck, shoulder, upper back issues uh, just from people. I mean, in the beginning when it was March and April and nobody knew when they were going back to their office or whatever, a lot of people came in saying, yeah, I've been sitting on my couch for eight hours a day with my laptop in my lap for work. And all of a sudden now I have neck pain. What do you think's going on? It's like, "Hmm, I wonder. Um, And then since then, people have started 
investing a little bit more in their home office setup, which I think has been kind of a good opportunity for a lot of people. But even then, you're not going to have the same kind of ergonomic resources that a lot of these larger corporations and desk jobs have. So people having to learn how to adjust and, and reestablish their work from home habits have, have been huge. And we saw a huge boom in the probably around the summer. Right. Uh, we didn't have as many sports athletes as we would normally have because nobody was participating in athletics. So pretty much everybody that we got in were dealing with issues from working from home or just spending more time on their couch and not being able to do as much. So that was kind of a weird shift for us in our demographic. Um, yeah, a lot more a lot more upper chain sort of issues. But now that things are starting to open up again and people are becoming more active, we're kind of back to our usual shoulders are huge with the CrossFit and weightlifting population. Uh, lower chain, hip, knee, ankle with the runners. And stuff too, like, yeah. like you got with all the CrossFitters and Olympic lifters as well. I mean, if, if you think about it, the, sh the shoulder is an extremely complex joint, but all the, all the force is going right into the wrist and, and elbow. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see that on occasion, but um, definitely, definitely shoulder for sure. At the end of the day, we probably see it almost every injury that you could think of <laughs> yeah even even toes i mean yeah. fingers everything right yeah and i think a lot of people forget the the hour in the gym isn't yes. what's causing the pain Correct. a lot of times it's what you're doing with the other 23 like how are you sitting at work how are you yeah you know you're driving and you're hunched over but we we always think it's the the lift that mm -hmm. I um, I hyperextended my back because of a deadlift, but it might have been the eight hours that you were slouched over before and you didn't get a good warm up. And well, if if you think pre-COVID, so if if you woke up and let's say you drove half hour, which is about the average commute time, thirty to forty minutes, or you sat on a train or a bus, then you sat at work for eight hours, then you then you sat back in a car or trained for another let's say half hour that's right now that's nine hours of sitting roughly then you get home then you sit more while you're eating and then you're going to sit on the couch you you may you may have a workout in there but that's a lot of sitting in a day i mean nowadays people probably aren't sitting as much but still like that's a lot of sitting so yeah they don't they, they think oh well the, the, the little session of, of gym time that I have, that's what's causing it. And it's like, well, maybe. Um, I, I look at things as like a, like a pie, like a pizza pie, and there's, I, I break things into percentages. Yeah, maybe 20% maybe is how you, how you lift or that sort of thing, but maybe the other percentage is what you're not doing. You know, are you, are you doing your mobility work? Are you stretching? Are you doing all the things? Are, are, are you getting good sleep? How's your nutrition? How's your water intake? How's your stress levels? I mean, there's so much that goes into it. It's not just about lifting. It's all the other components that go into it. Yeah, I think you're spending all that time sitting, not really even thinking about what your posture is. You know, what position are you in throughout the day? Even just easy stuff around the house, you know. Uh, picking up clothes from the floor and, and things like that. If you're doing all of these repetitive, daily mundane tasks with poor form, you're not using correct stabilizing muscles and things like that, you're not moving your body in the efficient way that it should, that's going to inform how you go about lifting and doing these more athletic movements. So if you are not having good posture and technique throughout the day, well, guess what's going to happen when you're doing something more complex and something more intense when lifting? You're not going to have any access to those stabilizing muscles because they don't get work throughout the day. So that, that lends to a lot of these issues that, yeah, maybe they pop up in the gym, 
but the original issue is just from how you're going about living your life, doing these repetitive tasks that you don't really think about. You take for granted, essentially. So what are you guys doing to educate? You're treating the injury first. If somebody walks in and I came in last year, um, I remember this because it was so funny. I was doing an overhead squat as we're talking about this. I was doing an overhead squat with the bar warming up. And I had the worst shooting pain. I was literally on the floor, came in. I was crying on the way to the car because I couldn't I couldn't lift my foot up to get in the car. And I, it was such bad back pain. And then uh, I saw you probably two or three times. And then within a week, I was fine. But, like, what are you guys doing with people who, after they have the injury, like, how are you educating your patients on what – we can do to prevent this instead of instead of just coming in when the next injury happens yeah uh, a lot of it is uh, lifestyle changes so part of it is you know with your back issue we had to work on core strengthening a little bit and hip flexor mobility and thoracic mobility that's to get you out of pain and to essentially get you back to functionality but then on top of that the prevention like you talked about it's it's making the behavioral changes of constantly thinking about abdominal bracing, keeping yourself in a neutral pelvic position, not just while you're lifting, but when you're in the car driving home, when you're you know, at your desk at work, thinking about these minor changes that really inform how you do the more complex activities. And it's, it's tough to think about. It's tough to form a habit. I'm sure you kind of had a, <laughs> an issue just thinking about that when we were working on some of this stuff. But it's, it's more of the, the lifestyle and behavioral changes to build up that better foundation to allow you to be more athletic and to allow you to do these movements and uh, higher complex movements, adding weight and things like that. It's basically just changing everything you have done up until this point that caused the breakdown and the dysfunction and completely rebuilding you from the ground up. When I work with a lot of patients on corrective exercise and rehabilitative exercise, I try to make the analogy that we are building a house. Okay, so for you, weightlifting is kind of the roof of your house. That's the peak of the athleticism that you need. That's going to be probably the most complex movements that you're doing throughout your life. But we don't start building a house at the roof. We start from the foundation. We build the walls and the stairs to get up to the second floor and then the roof on top of that. So to completely kind of rework, are you engaging your core and your glutes? What does that mean? We don't just throw you right into core and glute strengthening. We have to teach you how to activate those muscles in the first place. The body's great at compensation. The body is great at finding the easiest way to get from point A to point B. And maybe it's not necessarily doing it the most efficient way or the correct way, but hey, you're getting the job done. So if we just throw you into strengthening exercises, like, okay, you want to get better at deadlifts? All right, just do deadlifts. Well, well, hold on. Maybe you don't have the ability to hinge your hip. Maybe you're not getting the glute activation to rise up out of your deadlift. So that's where we have to start all the way down to base level, foundational type movements. That's going to encourage lifestyle and behavioral changes down the road. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a huge component of habit formation, being aware of your body in space. If you can identify just that, that's that's such a huge leap from from most people. So when when I when I give rehab, <clears throat> excuse me, rehab exercises, I try to not to make it like a chore. I try to just tell them just think about it, put timers on your phone. Whatever, every hour, every four hours, whatever it may be, just be aware, be conscious of your body. And once you do that, that's, that's probably the biggest step. 
once you start realizing that, hey, I'm not supposed to be in this slouch p posture. Now I just need to kind of find that balance. That That's all it takes. Um, people people think that, you know, exercise needs to be this whole big thing and, and, and all that. It doesn't need to be. But that's just how people view it. Um, so, yeah, understanding your body and space and just habit formation um, is absolutely vital. So knowing all that, do you guys ever just like slouch at home and be like, I'm not do <laughs> I mean, so, doing it. Right so, so it, it's funny because I, I have to look at it from the patient's viewpoint too. So I, I don't know if you've ever gotten it, but I've had a lot of people be like, well, you know, your posture looks really good. And I'm like, yeah, cause I have to practice what I preach in a way. I mean, listen, I'm not perfect whatsoever, but when I'm talking to people about it, I become aware of it. So then I have to sit up straight so that when they look at me, they're like, Hey, you, you actually look good. But my, my commute is, is an hour drive. Um, so I will practice a lot of my stuff. I'll do my, my chin tucks. I'll do my, um, shoulder scap squeezes, um, I, I do certain things while driving because I'm aware of it and that's the time I get to do it. I'll, I'll admit sometimes when I'm working on people, I'll start doing stretches. I'll do my adductor stretches while I'm working on people and stuff. Cause I, mm. I don't know, I can. Yeah. Um, so I, I do things throughout the day. I don't, I don't set, you know, a set time. Oh, you know, from this time to this time, I'm going to do all my stuff. I, I do things throughout the day. I have a, my little morning routine that I do every morning. I have a little bit of a night routine. They take about five or 10 minutes, um, nothing crazy, but I do them every day. And that's how I'm able to stay healthy and limber and teach people the things that I can because I do it day in, day out. And to do, to do the type of work that we do, it's, especially with the manual therapy and, and with the chiropractic adjustments from Adam, it's, it's challenging on our body. You know, we're, we're on our feet many hours a day just seeing patient after patient so we're we're putting in as much effort as somebody who is doing a very tough workout um so being able to keep good posture and good form while we're here is part of us having longevity in our career as well and it's also to set a good example for our patients that's a big part of it uh obviously this is fortunately an audio podcast so you can't see me slouching in the couch right now but after a long day it's you know nice to just kind of decompress a little bit and relax and that's something I, I always try to tell my patients that, you know, you're awake for 16, 18 hours a day. That is a long time to be on, on and perfect with your form and posture and activation of certain muscles. So it is okay to lapse every once in a while and maybe just kind of sit back and relax and let your body just decompress. But, you know, like Adam said, remind yourself, if you notice that you're slouching, just correct yourself and hold, hold on to it as long as you can. It is, it's very, very challenging what we do as humans throughout the day, we go through a lot. Even if you don't realize it, sitting is a toll on your body. Standing up is a toll. Walking around is a toll on your body. Being able to maintain proper alignment throughout that entire time is, is very tough. So I think we always try to advocate, you know, be aware of yourself, but don't, don't be so hard on yourself. Um, yeah. And also, I mean, is that old saying that you, you never trust a, a skinny chef, right? So, so, you know, if, 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 if we're promoting health and mobility and all that, and I'm not saying we were ripped or have six pack abs, but you know, we, we have to relatively look the part because people are just not going to trust you as much. I, I, I guess if, if, if you, if, if you're trying to show them an exercise and you can't do it yourself, 
you have to give them confidence. I've, I've heard it with you all the time where you're, you're showing somebody an exercise and you're like, oh my God, like, how, how, how do you do that? It's like, because I practice, I do this. This is, what, this is my job. So, you know, you, you want to instill confidence in people that, that, hey, I could do it. That means you can do it. Because, again, if, if, if you show somebody something and you're like, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm terrible at this, they're going to already have – it's it's honestly, it's it's called the um, nocebo effect. If if you tell somebody, ah, I can't do this, they're going to already have this mindset of, hey, I'm probably not going to be able to do this, but I'll try it. So that that's why we need to be on our game with a lot of our things because we people need to know that, that you can do it. Yeah. You can get into a full-depth squat. You can do a, um, a pistol squat or – or single leg balance or whatever it may be yeah i always had a problem in crossfit when the crossfit coach would the workout of the day would be like ring muscle ups and they're like well I, i'll teach you how to do it i don't i can't do it myself and i'm like how are you gonna teach me how i'll, to I'll do show it? you a video of it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's that's my rule man if if i can't do an exercise if i see something cool on instagram or whatever i'm like oh that'd be great for this patient i have to be able to perform it because i have to be able to demonstrate it and I also have to know the movement so I can correct a patient if they're not doing it properly. So to just throw something at somebody because you think it looks cool or it's trendy or whatever without really knowing the foundations of the movement, you're not setting your patient or your athlete up for success that way. Yeah, 100%. And one of the things you guys do is basically everyone you work with is on an individual basis. You're coming in and you're spending 30 to 60 minutes a visit is there a point where you guys were in traditional medicine and said you want to do it the other way instead of, cause I've been to chiropractors where you go in, you get adjusted, you're in and out in five minutes, there's 15 people in the waiting room. So what made you guys want to want to do that with your own practice? I'll, I'll let Adam speak for himself cause I'm sure he'll have a, a better answer, but as an athletic trainer, that's kind of built into the job is that you spend the individual time with the athlete. Cause typically you're, you know, on a college level, you're assigned to a couple of teams at a time. On a professional level, obviously, you're working with your team. And that's maybe just 20 guys, depending on the sport. Obviously, with football, it's a lot more. Basketball is going to be a lot fewer. But that is what is expected of you in your job and your professional duties is to spend as much time with each individual athlete as you possibly can to do what they need. So that's, you know, guys coming in for rehab a couple times a day, um, sending them off to doctor's visits, uh, coming in for just modalities of ice or stim or whatever. Um, so it was a good thing for me to have that background to translate my experience with athletic training and really taking individual care of each athlete, translating that to a clinic setting, um, really just reinforces our whole idea with move, like treat every person as a professional athlete and give them the time they need. I'm sure Adam's got a little different, uh, experience with that. So this is going to sound silly, but, um, I view every patient as two people. Every patient is my grandmother. All right. And every patient is myself. I treat people with the same respect and the same trust and um, honesty that I would treat them as my grandmother. And I treat people the way I would want to be treated. I don't, I don't bullshit people. I don't, I don't lie to people. I don't, I, I tell people what the, is the truth. So if I wouldn't do it to my grandmother, I'm not going to do it to you. That's, that's how I view things. When, when I was in chiropractic school and I was thinking about 
at what point when I open up my own practice, what kind of practice would I want? And I wanted a, like a, a family, family oriented place where, where people felt comfortable. People could, could bring family members in of, of all kinds. And, um, I wanted to treat people like they were family. And I didn't want people to come in and feel like they are just a number, which a lot of practices, and it, and that's across the board, not just chiropractors, but a lot of PT practices, after your first or second visit, you come in, they hand you a sheet of paper, you do your exercises, you, you wave them goodbye, and, and that's it. We've had a ton of people come in over, over the years who just, who say that we actually listen to them. We actually listen to what they have to say and we care about them. We reach out to patients. We we get to know their their kids' names and their their pets and the whole family. And you know, we ask about them, and and people appreciate that. Um, we like we care, and I I, I want to believe it shows. But you know, we wanted to treat people the way people want to be treated. That that's that's just it. Um, everything's about you know rushing and time and volume. Like I, I know. Um, in a certain hospital near where I live, they the hospital is no no longer run by doctors. They're they're run by business people and investors, and their doctors are timed. When they walk into a a room, they actually have I think it was eleven minutes they were able to spend per patient, because when you bill, you bill based off of units, and you and the insurance companies are not reimbursing as much anymore, so you need to up your volume. Um, I know orthopedic doctors who used to do about three to four knee replacement surgeries a day. Now they're up to like eight or nine because they need to make up the amount of money that they were making years ago. And it, it's a shame, but that's just, that's just how it is. It's the landscape now. Yeah. Right. So, you know, our, like we wanted that one-on-one -on -one care with people and we want to take the time to actually get people better. You're, you're not going to get people better in a two to five minute visit. That, that's just unrealistic unless th that's what they want. But most people want all of the work that we do, all the exercises, all the stretches. They appreciate that. Yeah. Even, even if they think they want the two to five right. minute, just True. adjust and see you later. They almost always go, oh, wait, you can spend more time with me. OK, I'll, I'll do that. I'm in for that. <laughs> Yeah, and I think like just in general now we're noticing the importance of health and it's a it's an all day thing. It's yeah. not it's not like you do one one thing, you do your workout and then you go home and you can eat crappy. Like everything is connected. So yeah. like when you when you're having pain and when you're when you're seeing somebody, you really need to be told that everything matters. This isn't this isn't just from the one injury. So I think like and like how hard is it to tell people, oh, you have to lose 50 pounds or you have to lose 100 pounds? You're not going to do that in in a week or w in your case, coming in for two or three sessions might not be enough to to cure the injury. Right. Yeah. The, the amount of resources and education out there now is is great. There's so many people who have no background in medicine or anatomy or nutrition that know a lot just based on what's available on social media or really great coaches and gyms now i mean the the level of coaching that i've seen in crossfit gyms in this area regular gyms i'll, I'll have a patient come in like yeah you know my, my coach in my gym is having me do this modification i'm like yeah that's exactly what you should be doing that's amazing that's that's great because it it really wasn't that way 15 20 years ago I, i'd say it, it's less 
it, it was it was much less common to have people with the background and knowledge that they have now. Um, so it's it's been great that people are starting to really take care of their whole body health, not necessarily just one thing. Like you said, lose weight. Like okay, cool, I'll sign up for Jenny Craig or some program like that and still just sit on the couch all day. It's now the whole holistic approach is much more common with being more physically active, eating right, keeping yourself mentally healthy, changing habits and things like that. And that's why I think, you know, a, a few more type of smaller practices like ourselves that kind of take a holistic approach are starting to pop up a lot more. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll add to that. Um, on the opposite end, when what, I feel that a lot of people are just uneducated on nutrition. Mm. People... So if, if you work out, let's say an hour a day, three to four days a week, and you, you eat Chick-fil-A or Wendy's or, or, you know, whatever it is that you eat and you're not getting the, the results that you want, you're still in pain. There is such a thing as, as foods that cause inflammation. Um, I'm not a nutritionist, so I'm not going to go into that, but, but just know that you, you don't need to eat salads and, and chicken and rice every single meal, but there might be some underlying causes that people just aren't aware of, and it could be part of your diet. Um, and and if, if you want to lose weight, I always, I always try to tell people this. If you want to lose 15, 20 pounds, a healthy weight loss is about one to one and a half pounds per week, which, which means that you need to be in a constant net loss in calorie. So... If you only lose 10 pounds, that's a minimum of about 10 weeks. People just don't have the 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 sustainability to, to want to keep on a caloric deficit for, for, yeah, for that I'll long. Yeah, I'll just do a 10-day juice cleanse right. and lose 10 pounds. But but a lot of it, a lot of it is unsustainable. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little shout out to my parents. Um, they 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 go on this diet, um, or they they try to go on a diet every year. They're gonna listen to this podcast, yeah, so they're out. so, um, but. They, 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 they know about this, but they were, their dinners consisted of uh, steak, three pickles and cauliflower rings. <laughs> For, I'm sorry, fried cauliflower rings. And we're like, there's, that's not just like, you can't eat that every single meal for dinner. I know it was kind of temporarily, but at the same time, it's like you, it's a balance, you know? If you wanna, if you wanna indulge a little bit, fine. But, but understand that, and then balance it out with other healthier meals. Um, that's where I feel a lot of people lack is just basic nutrition, understanding how to read labels, knowing what low fat means or 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 low calories, because it's it's not what people. It, there's a lot of misconception out there. So if there's a way that that we can educate people more on nutrition and how to read labels and, and how to balance meals, that's, I think, what's really causing a lot of people's issues. But it's hard to talk about every, everything every single time. So, I, I, you know, for me, I try to touch on some things, but I can't get into everything every single time. Yeah. Yeah, so are you, like, how are you approaching that conversation with people that – you know, you're coming in for a back injury. Why are you talking to me about nutrition or why are you talking to me about hydration? So I, I try to let it come up organically. Um, because again, I'm not a nutritionist, but I, I do have a good wealth of knowledge on nutrition and even supplements. Um, so I will, I will, I talk about making small changes. I don't believe in going from your, your daily nutritional habits to then over the weekend purging 
kind of stocking up on all fruits and veggies and just going crazy, I talk about making small changes. So I always start with the morning because I believe if you win the morning, you win the day. That's kind of my motto. So if, if, if you put milk or cream in your coffee or sugar, replace it with oat milk or almond milk or honey or add cinnamon to it, um, coconut oil, anything healthier than sugar and milk. Um, so if you can start that, then, then you can start changing other habits instead of having a bagel from Dunkin' or a muffin or something, make some oatmeal. You can make oatmeal absolutely amazing. I have it every morning. It's oatmeal, it's almond milk, it's blueberries, honey, cinnamon, and peanut butter. I get protein, I get fats, I get carbs. Sometimes if I have chia seeds or flax seeds, but you have everything you need for a long lasting energy morning. I mean, I, I don't know. It's great. Um, but people just don't know. People think eating healthy is is blah and, you know, oatmeal. Like, what? But it's, it, it's a, I don't know, it's amazing. And I, I think if the topic comes up where it's a little bit outside of our scope, I know even less about nutrition than Adam does, so I usually refer people to talk to Adam about supplements and things like that. But if it is something where it's a little bit more advanced than our scope, we always refer out when necessary. There's tons of people with specialized training that are really, really good with that sort of stuff. So, um, that's, that's one thing where it's like, Hey, listen, okay. I think we've kind of, you know, hit the point where we can help you now. Here's, here's a couple of numbers and business cards of other people that can get you a little bit further with, with that information. Yeah. I think that's important. Like there's so many good resources and I've, I've noticed that just talking to weightlifting coaches and CrossFit coaches, like everyone kind of has a little bit of knowledge in one area, but it's so cool when we can bring that all together and yeah. everybody can talk about, Hey, somebody's an expert in this field. And then, yeah, go see them when you need nutrition advice, go see Adam when you need your back fix. Like, yeah. I think that, that part, part is really cool. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, you know, we're used to when we we've, we've worked with collegiate and professional teams, there is a, a whole team of people with different specialties. And typically these, you know, groups of doctors and other specialists will meet on a biweekly or even monthly basis to just, you know, review athletes or just be there as a network and, you know, continually educate each other. So again, that's, we're, we're trying to bring that to general medicine and the general population, like have that same kind of like community wealth of knowledge, community network, like, hey, you know, this person knows this issue a lot better than we do. Let's send you that way. Or, you know, vice versa, like, hey, so-and-so is uh, saying you guys a move can really help me with this issue. So I'm, I'm coming to see you to just get, you know, some more knowledge and some more help on what I have going on. As far as seeing patients, how long do you guys like to see people? Do you want people to come in forever? Or is this something where you're treating an injury and then it's kind of see you later till the next one comes up? Um, yeah, of course I want to see everybody for now. It's all right. So again, it goes back to treating people with honesty and, and, and respect you. So as a doctor, you, we are here to fix people, help people. My belief is if you're seeing a chiropractor three times a week for six plus months, what are you doing? Right. Like I've had conversations with patients who've come over from other chiropractors and they, and they look at me like I just told them the, the prophecy like we need to help people. The objective is to is to diagnose, treat, give them the right prescription 
to do things at home so that they don't rely on us. They need to do things on their own. We are not going to be there forever. So we are a resource, just like any other doctor out there. So our job is to diagnose, treat it, then give them the right tools so that they can do things and then that they can go home and then use us when they need us. I, I joke with Adam that it's it's a terrible business model, but when a patient stops coming to see us, that means that we did our job well. Um, that being said, when somebody comes in, we're not necessarily working on a specific protocol. If you come in with a shoulder injury, you don't fall into the same shoulder injury category as everybody else. Like, oh yeah, okay, this is a four to six week issue. Everybody is different because every body is different. So you're going to present with some different underlying issues. If, if you and, and person B both came in with shoulder instability and neck pain, okay, your, your symptoms are presenting the same way, but maybe the, you know, root origin, the foundational issues are a little bit different. You know, maybe you have thoracic restriction, maybe uh, person B has some sort of cervical disc issue. So treating everybody individually means that we don't necessarily have a strict protocol where we can give you a exact time frame. Um, but I think that also allows us the flexibility of be, being able to treat a person as an individual rather than just trying to check boxes on a protocol. Obviously, we have things that we're looking for, you know, being able to move functionally without pain, um, hit certain points of range of motion, uh, landmarks that we're going for. Um, but everybody that walks through our door is an individual case. And it's a little tough because I think some people are used to, you know, the way current medicine is with, okay, four, six week issue. Here's your packet of exactly how this timeline is going to go. And for a lot of people that works, but for our demographic, that's a little bit more active and uses their body a little bit more in functional ways. Those timelines change rapidly. Sometimes they're a lot quicker. Sometimes they're a little bit longer. Um, so, and again, it goes back to education. Like we said, educating our patient of this is how we're approaching the issue. This is how it might look. These are the issues that could arise, or this is why you're actually better off than some other people is a really important part of our process. But at the end of the day, like Adam said, we don't want people to become dependent on us. We don't want people coming in all the time, unless that they, they want that unless they like the maintenance work, unless, you know, they think that it is just great for prevention, which a lot of this stuff is special, especially the manual therapy for somebody who's very active and works out a lot. It can be great for recovery, can be great for enhancing performance in some cases and can be really good for just preventative measures as well. So we will never kick a patient out if they want to come in. Right. But at the same time, we're we're not getting them to, you know, sign a, a six month or a 12 month contract or anything like that. We, we take the, the patient's uh, you know, input in consideration as well. If they're like, Hey, listen, I can only make every other week work then. Okay. Well, here's the stuff you need to do at home. So we're not really losing any ground or so you can continue progressing even when you're outside of our office. Yeah. I'm that person where if you tell me it's the six week thing though, I'm like, okay, I can make it through the six weeks. Yeah. But it's when you mark it on your calendar, yeah, right? I'm like, all right, I can train in six weeks. Yeah, right. How how important is it that you train through injuries? And we're not talking about if your knee is hurting every time you do a squat, we're not saying do a squat, but like how important is it that you're doing general movement when you are having other issues? Okay. So there's a big difference between pain and injury, okay? Most people, when they come in with pain, they automatically assume that they have an injury. 
it's not the case. I say that 100%. I'm, <laughs> I'm injured. <laughs> Fix right. me. I mean, and I, I will tell you that CrossFitters, I, I think, are the most um, eclectic kind of people who get pain because they just automatically think that they need surgery or amputation, and it's really weird. But I, I they're like, oh, do I need, like, I don't know, does – do I need a knee replacement? I'm like, no, no. You, anyway. The distance runners are like that too. Yeah, true. A lot of distance runners. But so pain. All right. So without getting too heavy into it, pain is a subjective feeling. We all feel pain differently. There, if if you can imagine the circus um, game where you hit the the thing on the bottom and the and the thing goes up to the bell, right? So you only have one part of the brain that, that establishes a sensation as pain, okay? And until that signal gets to that part of the brain, the thalamus, you do not perceive the signal as pain, all right? So there's, there's a lot, lot of study on what's called pain science. And I will give you a, a great example. Have you ever watched a movie or a TV show and something is happening on screen and you say to yourself, oh man, I can almost like feel their pain, right? How is that possible? Okay, it's because our brain is generating that subjective sensation as pain. Now, you may not actually be physically in pain, but there's different forms of pain. There is physical pain. If I were to just punch Jeff in the arm, he's going to feel some pain. Right. I, I got a good left hook. All right. Um, there's also emotional pain. There's um, psychological pain. So there, there's different forms of pain. So if you can understand that, first off, that when you experience pain, then okay that's that's kind of like last step that's the body's way of telling you fire alarm fire alarm something is happening all right and it's it's that that's the body's way it's just like when you touch something hot you're it's an automatic reflex i think the the important part to think about when you when you have an injury and there there is pain something that we we have talked about a lot with each other is that our least favorite phrase in medicine is shut it down um, that's, that's a pretty common phrase when an athlete goes in to see somebody who's working in general medicine, um, you know, like, Hey, I hurt my shoulder while doing, you know, an overhead snatch or something like that. Well, okay. Shut it down for six weeks and then come back and, and let's see how you're doing. Um, with an injury, there is, there is a concept called Davis law, Davis's law. And basically the idea is that soft tissue will heal in the direction that force is applied. So just talking about it, make it really easy, bicep. Uh, so your bicep does elbow flexion. Everybody knows the, the you know, orientation of what our bicep is. So if we have a bicep tear and we just kind of leave our arm in a sling, uh, we don't really move it a whole lot for you know, the, the 8 to 12 months after a surgery or something like that, scar tissue, collagen, connective tissue is going to lay down in any direction. It's going to form a, a lattice kind of scaffolding to help repair muscle and tendon, whatever may have been damaged. But according to Davis's law, if we try to gently move the elbow in the direction of flexion and extension, we try to move while healing is occurring, we try to move the bicep and the tendon that's the direction that scar tissue and collagen will lay down, kind of parallel to the rest of the muscle fiber. It allows for, uh, and sometimes a quicker uh, healing process, but it also helps keep functionality. So when you come back and you're healed from your injury, well, you can still move. You're not limited as much in restriction. You're not limited as much in your strength because the muscle has healed functionally the way that it should. So I think that's where Adam was kind of going with the injury 
if you have actually injured something where you do actually need to kind of, you know, reel in what you're doing, it should be modification, not shutting down. So to your question, I know you're coming at it from an athlete's perspective. When you're in pain, you can continue being active. And, and I think that's the worry for a lot of really active people. Oh my God, I'm in pain. I can't work out for the next like month or whatever to allow myself to heal. It's not necessarily the case. And I wanna be careful when I say this, that it doesn't mean continue pushing yourself through anything. It means modify your movements that are causing, you know, explicit pain that are actually causing you pain in the area where your injury has been. Instead, either lighten the load, lighten the intensity, maybe lighten the frequency in some cases, but work with your injury, not around your injury. And, and I think that's the important thing from a rehab perspective. And, and a lot of athletes have gotten really good at learning this, that, okay, it hurts to go overhead with a barbell. All right. That's because, you know, my shoulder or my thoracic spine is restricted. Okay. So instead I'm going to go lighter and I'm going to go dumbbells. So now I can work on individual stabilization of my arm, or maybe instead of going all the way overhead, I'm just going to work in the horizontal plane in front of me to help build up the, the stabilizers that are around the shoulder and just to try to regain strength a little bit while things heal. So like I said, shut it down is never the, almost never the answer. Modification is, is what we try to preach. So if you think about this, if, if every athlete stopped playing their sport, if they experienced pain, there would be no sports, <laughs> right? There's, um, I, I took a, a class one time with a chiropractor who worked for a professional NFL team and the, what the, um, the sports medicine team does every year is like during training camp, they, they do a little bit of like a PowerPoint slide, I think. And the one quote was, Today, it was a day one of camp. Today is the best day you'll feel. <laughs> After today, you're going to be hurting. And, and that's just, that comes with like being active and playing a sport. So pain is, is going to be there. But my, my thing is as long as the pain doesn't inhibit or stop you from like doing the sport. So if you're, so if, if you're a CrossFitter or, or Olympic lifter and you're squatting and your knee has a little bit of ache, ache and pain in it and it's like a, a one or a two out of a 10 10 level pain scale work through it if it starts to be like an eight nine and it's like really like you're shifting your weight and everything yeah then then all right let's let's figure something else out but you you're going to experience a little bit of aches and pains as you perform your activity it's just part of the the sport part of the nature of it yeah and i think the individual side like we all perceive something as different. Like my level of pain tolerance is I think low. <laughs> like my girlfriend always tells me it's super low, but you know, like the same thing that somebody else might do might not even register at all with them. And for me, it's like, Oh, that's an eight out of 10. Well, you're, you're into that. Um, the Iceman guy, right? Wim Hof. Yeah. Yeah. Think about him. How, like it's all mental, right? I mean, how, how he can, kind of withstand those extreme temperatures that's got to be crazy pain but he's able to mentally block it out so again pain pain is very subjective yeah and i think yeah I, I mean i've been to the um who did i go i went to a specialist i don't even know what what it was but i said i've been having wrist pain like i can't hold a barbell overhead first thing he said is take six weeks off and then come back well 
with with that, like you're you're just putting a a brace over. You're like a, like you're masking it. You're not actually fixing the problem. That that is the misconception with rest. I mean, we've had tons of people that will call and, oh, my my doctor said I, I need to rest, so I'm not going to come in, and then that's fine. But the problem is still going to be there. So we always try to mention, hey, so all right, rest for that, that time. But when you start running again or lifting again, don't be shocked that the pain is still there. You're just taking the amount of pressure off it for the time being. But it's the problem, the actual problem is still there. Yeah, it doesn't go away without you actually doing something about it. If you're just going to let it chill for a little bit and be like, okay, I'm not going to put weight overhead. As soon as you put weight overhead, you're still going to have the same structural issues. Yeah, I think that's that's hard for me to even comprehend because I think if I'm pushing too much, then if I just take some time off and I did that after the American Open, I took nine days off after I competed because my wrist was hurting. And I went into the gym on Monday and did a snatch, and I was like, nope, <laughs> like it's still not good. But, yeah, I mean, those nine days, and I needed time off, so I don't regret taking a week off at a time. But T- Time off is obviously okay, and, and every athlete is going to need a break, is going to need off season and rest and recovery. But when it, when it comes to an injury, yeah, rest will, you know, in the short term, stop stuff from hurting because you're not putting that weight overhead and you're not bending your wrist that way. But as soon as you put weight back on it, you're right back to where you start. Yeah. So uh, I think we, this is a good point to wrap up. Where do people go if they want to make an appointment and come in? They got some issues. Um, yeah. So uh, our website, themoveclinic.com. You could find us. Um, we're on Instagram, the Move Clinic. Trying to start a TikTok, but I have no idea how to work that thing. So, uh, yeah, I I think I have three videos up right now. It's just my dog Tucker doing some. That might get you the most views though if you just put your dog. Dude, dogs dogs are like getting thousands of views, and I'm like, all right, maybe if I just put a our dog in in here every so often, maybe it'll just rack up views. Um, But yeah, we're on Facebook. Um, Again, the Move Clinic um, is usually our our handle, but we are Move Health and Sports. message us email us whatever any questions that anybody may have we're always here to help i know we are in malvern but if there's anybody else out there that just wants to have have any questions we're more than happy to help anybody anywhere um that that's our goal we just want to educate people help them because not many people have people like like us who are willing to to go the extra the mile and and help them with with whatever they need um so yeah well cool thanks guys i appreciate this This no problem thanks for having us once again thanks so much to jeff and adam for coming on the show i really appreciate them taking some time out of their busy schedule to come on the podcast if you need to make an appointment with either of them themoveclinic.com will be linked up in the show notes so you can just head right there and if you guys enjoyed this episode just make sure to share it out on your instagram story and tag at better than yesterday pod thank you again for tuning in and i look forward to talking to you guys next week